Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we are joined by Hayden Sather. Uh, Hayden is a different type of uh, guest on the show today, so excited to hear his perspective. Um, and it, rather than me tell you a little bit more about Hayden, I'll turn it over to Hayden. And uh, why don't you share a little bit about yourself with the uh, with our audience? Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Liam. So my name is Hayden Sather. I'm currently a graduate student at the Colorado School of Mines. I'm getting two master's degrees, one in computer science, the other in data science. And I'm a recently retired NCAA uh, All-American decathlete. So a few weeks ago, I just finished ninth in the nation. And yeah, I think we'll have a very interesting conversation though. So thanks for having me. Excellent. Excited to have you on the show. So uh, the big question that we always like to ask, right, is essentially um, as you look at your investment portfolio, right, and how you invest either in, in the business you're working on or on yourself, uh, and you start having this uh, extra source of income, right, where do you put that income, right? How do you make those decisions? Uh, so I think for you, it's a it's an interesting perspective to be able to share because you're on the front end, right? And so would love to hear kind of your thoughts on, you know, how you think about that, where you want to be, uh, and how you're kind of uh, divvying up your resources in terms of time and money uh, to kind of set yourself up for success in the future. Yeah, so pretty much exactly what you said. I'm probably in a different spot than most of the people you have on the show where I'm still in the phase where I'm just pouring in all these investments. So I still have one year of college left and I'm not in the phase yet where I'm seeing the benefits of all these investments. And I'm pretty much just trying to decide what I can do now to guarantee the best outcomes in the future. So that's why I'm deciding to go to graduate school in uh, STEM fields, because I feel like that could give me the best job and also doing investments um, in kind of my personal self, like my health, being um, involved in athletics, and then trying to balance between uh, loans and actual investment in the stock market, trying to see what has the highest rates of return. So it's just pretty much a big balancing game and kind of the strategy changes every day. It's kind of optimization problem in uh, computer science, which is what I'm used to. So yeah, it's uh, just a constant battle between trying to not go broke. Uh, what do you see as the end goal? What's the target for you and where you want to be in you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever that may be? Uh, until you, you know, you go assimilate, you get into, you know, the field you want to, you know, what does life, ideal life look like for you in the future? Yeah, so I, although I do love the field of computer science and artificial intelligence, I would eventually like to um, get to the point where it's not kind of my main focus every day. So I want to get to the point where I can, you know, grind out for the first few years and just kind of become as much of an expert in these fields as I can. I get myself into spot financially and personally where I can kind of put that to the side and either have my money work for me or start my own business or um, especially with the field of AI just being so prevalent in the future. Maybe I can make some sort of automated trading algorithm or just use my skills that I have to make it so I can focus on things down the road like family, turning house and just more important things like that. Is there a number you have in mind that you think is a, it sounds like a walkaway point, right? So it sounds like based on what I'm hearing, uh, build a foundation, you know, secure the foundation and then kind of walk away and do what I really want to do. So what determines when that happens for you? 
Yeah, um, I don't exactly have a number right now. Um, I probably will eventually, but at this point, it's just kind of getting to a point where what I have just works for me. So if I do set up some automated trading bot or a company of my own, just being able to have um, enough kind of automated source of income to where I don't have to worry about that. And um, I don't I don't want to throw out a number because I don't know who knows, we might be using Bitcoin in the future. So that never becomes irrelevant, but I guess we'll see where that comes. Bitcoin still has some value though, right? There's a dollar value associated with Bitcoin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so walk me back a little bit then. Uh, you're going to school, you're getting a couple master's degrees. Kind of what took you down the path of wanting to, you know, get all these multiple degrees? So I always knew that I wanted to get at least one graduate degree. And then um, I actually came into college studying mechanical engineering and then working on robotics. Uh, instead of work, I kind of found a passion for that. And instead of working on the bodies of robotics, I really grew interested in working on the minds of robotics, which is why I switched to data science and machine learning. So um, yeah, I always knew I was going to get one graduate degree, but after COVID hit and it pretty much forced all my colleagues and a lot of people who are in college nowadays who were going to graduate to go back to college and end up getting the, a master's degree of their own, I kind of got a little worried that the job market would be really oversaturated with these master's degrees. So um, along with uh, my track scholarship, which is uh, helping me go back to college for another year, I decided that it would be beneficial for me just to stick around another year and just get one more degree. And it ended up, I was able to double count the courses and it only takes one more semester for me to get another master's degree. So I just thought it'd be the best investment for my personal needs. Interesting. So one of the things that you said is I, I always knew I was going to get at least one master's degree. Where did that come from? Like where, what was that fuel and what was the desire to uh, do and have that as kind of a, a precursor or a, you know, a, a key foundational element for you? Yeah. So this kind of comes back to your previous question of uh, like, what is good enough? Like what point can I retire and kind of quit working? And um, I knew that in order for me to be able to retire early and just have my money or company or whatever it may be work for myself, I had to establish myself as some sort of leader in whatever field I'm in. And it would definitely make it a lot easier to become a leader in the field if I did have that extra year of um, graduate school and specialization. So I always just knew that I wanted to be in that position and the best place to the best probability to be in that position is to get that graduate degree. Interesting. And uh, you kind of talked about this escalating arms race of education uh, in some sense, right? Where more and more people are getting these advanced degrees and it's becoming more and more saturated, right? So, I mean, in your viewpoint, is it is that table stakes or is it a differentiator? Kind of how do you look at that? Yeah, I think eventually we'll get to the point where people realize college is pretty much a scam and a big waste of money, but um, who knows when we'll get there. But yeah, I kind of just decided that the uh, the best way to get the most education, improved employers, that I am the best candidate for the job because it's, especially with machine learning, it's really hard to break in that field. You're, you pretty much need a PhD. But instead of doing five years for a PhD, I just decided to do one and a half years for a master's. And pretty much my like personal and financial and just pretty much all my investment strategies just focus around improving the probability of getting the goals I want. So I just did kind of some back of the napkin calculations and 
came to the conclusion that getting these graduate degrees would be the best for uh, my personal reasons. And I know it's not the best for everyone and people don't even necessarily need a bachelor's degree to be successful, but for what I want to do with machine learning and all that, I realized that it would just work out best to get both of them, especially because it's only one extra semester. Curious, and I want to go back to kind of your upbringing, where you were raised, kind of what your parents did for work, right? Would love to understand, like paint a picture of what your childhood was like growing up and um, kind of the path that you were put on early, right? Obviously, if you're a all-American decathlete, that's something you've been working towards and probably um, and you're grinding, right, uh, in terms of uh, honing and perfecting your skills across multiple disciplines on the, the track field, right? So uh, kind of what did that look like and, you know, what was that path and kind of the feedback uh, that was provided to you? Yeah, so it's interesting you brought that up. You're pretty much spot on. My dad was an electrical engineer and growing up, I pretty much just always wanted to be like him. So I decided I was going to be an electrical engineer too, or at least some sort of engineer. And I have a memory of uh, one of my like first grade papers I did. I wrote what I want to be when I grow up. And I wrote, I want to be an engineer like my dad, because it's easy. (laughs) And uh, that last part might not have been correct, but I just knew at a young age, he was always just an inspiration for me. And um, I saw like, he loved what he did and it it put us in a good spot financially and to where he could relax a little bit and then focus on family, which was important to him. And yeah, just from a young age, I always wanted to be an engineer and uh, I guess it worked out. It's fascinating. So uh, the, the line of questioning from my perspective comes from the thought that I have that we get so conditioned by our environment uh, and those people of leadership around us at a young age uh, that send us down a given path. Right. And, no path is right or wrong, right? But I think the, uh, <clears throat> so my background, uh, I went to Yale, I went to UCLA, I've got a lot of advanced degrees, got a lot of nice paperwork. Uh, my parents pushed me very hard to go down in that direction. Uh, played soccer collegiately, played soccer afterwards. And it was, uh, that was life, right? And it was always to your point, you go get the degree, you go find a good job, right? You get benefits, you, you kind of settle in and you do well. Um, and I think that's what we, I've been conditioned for. Right. And so now that I'm on the other side, it's quite interesting, uh, looking back and trying to pull apart, like there aren't a ton of examples where people own their own businesses growing up. Right. And almost like those people who own their own businesses were either, um, you know, it was looked at as risky to start your own business, right. You don't have, um, and the whole mindset was different, right? And then I looked through all my coursework that I've done and almost none of it was geared towards uh, entrepreneurship or running your own business, right? Um, I didn't get marketing courses until grad school, right? Uh, you got some accounting that was done. There's no sales courses whatsoever, um, right? And so it, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you had an organizational development, but no leadership courses, right? Know how to manage others and things like that. and. Um, so where I'm headed with that is, you know, society as a whole, I think is geared towards this educational system. Um, and at a certain point, everyone is educated. And then what's that differentiator in the market? Right. Uh, and to your point, we don't know when that's going to hit. And for different fields, it's very, very different, right. In different degrees. Uh, there are some degrees that you do need that as a prereq, right. Uh, you think medical field is probably the best example of that. Um, 
but uh, I'm always fascinated to learn what the influences are on people uh, and how they make their decisions and the directions that they they head. Um, so that's why kind of a lot of the different questions, right? Because it it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've got this desire that you don't want to be tethered to the company long-term. You want to be able to do your own thing and chase what you want. Um, but it also sounds like the influences around you and the experiences that you've had don't allow you to pursue that now because you don't know what uh, what's entailed there. And that might be a little strong, but I'll let you respond. Yeah, I think that's pretty much spot on. And it some of it comes down to um, a little bit of kind of the military. It's you don't want to be like you kind of feel guilty just jumping straight into an officer position um, without like kind of going through all the the rough work as an enlisted first. And um, and in the oil fields have a lot of friends in petroleum engineering and their first few years, they always spend out just on the the really hard fields, um, actually like doing the work with their hands before they can go into the office. And I kind of apply that same principle with uh, going down the machine learning route is I, you don't want to be like a consultant or a master or like just start giving out advice of machine learning. If you haven't like done the work for three to five years, actually going out and just dealing with the Python or code and actually just like building from scratch. So kind of what I'm doing right now is just building up that foundation of just putting in the hours, putting the work and just banging my head on the wall. And eventually I can get to the point where I can go out and do my own thing because I have that foundation. Um, where, where do you want to work uh, after you get these degrees? For the first few years, I'd love to work for um, some like a big company like Tesla, Waymo, Uber, because the self-driving vehicles are my ultimate passion. I think humans are terrible at driving and I would really like robots to take over eventually. And then, yeah, eventually I'd like to start my own business or do something on the side, whether that be in the field of self-driving cars or something completely different. I mean, I've worked uh, like places as fast as like uh, NASA, National Science Foundation, Trimble, Tyler Technologies, and doing anything is different from uh, building sensor systems to machine learning to self-driving tractors. So uh, all those fields fascinate me. So I'll end up something just along those lines. Are there smaller startup companies who are working in the space who have like a visionary founder, but, uh, you know, not as well known or trying to figure things out uh, that occur in this field? I'm completely um, a novice in machine learning and AI and all of that. So I've got no idea what the landscape looks like. Yeah, there are way too many of those. So a lot of people with these visionary mindsets who haven't done the work before, like I was saying, where they can say all these great things and put together great PowerPoint slides uh, about AI and everything. And uh, there's actually a joke where it says machine learning is written in Python and AI is written in PowerPoint. So a lot of these people, like they just make these beautiful presentations and they get all this funding, but they actually don't know how to do things from scratch, which is what you need to do. So yeah, there are a lot of kind of fake charlatans out there who just realize that artificial intelligence is a hot term. And if you put it in your company, you'll get a lot of some money dumped on you. So I, I want to avoid being one of those people. So that's why I'm putting in the, just the, the work of just these pretty rough hours. So let me, uh, let me play the contrarian view on that. So let's say I'm good at marketing and I can get money. Why wouldn't I then be able to go hire someone who does know the, the code and the ecosystem to bring my vision to life? That that would be a good scenario. Um, 
the problem is a lot of these people don't know how to find talent like that, especially because there's so many different technologies and um, skills that you need to know to be able to make, to develop artificial intelligence and machine learning. That It can be pretty hard to find people. And then also from the other end, you have a lot of people who try and pretend like they're the talented people, um, workforce who can be hired like that. And it's hard to differentiate between the two, but um, from a, from, from your perspective, if someone could do that and find the correct talent, then it would be a great company that wouldn't have much held against them. So I guess uh, let's ladder that up with your vision, right? So your vision is to go work for one of the big companies, uh, be there for several years, become an expert in the field, but you don't really want to work there. You want to work for the visionary. You want to go do the visionary type project, right? So wouldn't it be a, a fertile hunting ground to go find the people who have been there three to five years at these big companies and uh, are ready for a break? And if you've got you've got money and you can pay them and you align with a goal and a vision, you know, wouldn't that create an opportunity to bring them in? I think that is a fantastic opportunity. And if people have the visionary ability and um, the talents to find people like that, they could make a great company and a lot of money. It's just kind of hard to find those people. Hmm. It's interesting. So it sounds like there's a ton of investment going into the space. Uh, obviously, you've got your big players, and then you've got a lot of smaller players who are trying to figure it out um, or figure different components out. Right? I don't know. I guess from from your perspective, is it feasible? And again, this is my naivety with the industry. Uh, let's take self-driving cars because that's an interest to you. Is it feasible to have multiple companies working on self-driving cars? that eventually come together in one massive ecosystem in the future. Meaning, you know, one company figures out how to differentiate between fire trucks and stoplights really well. And another one, you know, between a ball on the road and a kid in the road, right? Like all this long tail that we were talking about previously, is it able to be integrated into kind of one cohesive environment in the future? Or are these all gonna have to be little standalone things? So a lot of people think that it will, the self-driving car market will continue like the regular car market will, where you see innovation kind of all rise together. So instead of um, all aggregating together and kind of building one company, it's more of you'll see another self-driving car company implement this feature that works great. And then so they'll try and copy it and it's just kind of a copying thing and where these companies try and just one up each other. And then the beautiful part of capitalism is they just... Eventually, both companies will be great, and the ones that aren't will die out. How easy is it to reverse engineer something? So let's say you've got a company who you know figures it out, they put it in their code, they sell their product. Can someone else then go reverse engineer to figure out what that code is and integrate it? It is difficult, especially without the code base. Um, and then there are a whole bunch of different machine learning techniques that are out there, and uh, the biggest one, which I'm sure you've heard of so far, is neural networks, which is uh, just pretty much a whole bunch of functions and nodes that just do input through output. But um, it, it is hard to replicate systems like that. Hmm. Okay. Fascinating. What's, uh, what's the most interesting thing that you are working on today or excited about working on in the future? Um, so the company I'm working for right now, Trimble, has recently made a huge investment into autonomy and machine learning. And uh, one of the coolest things I think they're working on right now is 
pretty much enabling uh, commercial vehicles to be self-driving. So they have self-driving spraying vehicles, uh, like they go across farms, um, like seeding, um, just agriculture, and then also commercial in the construction space. So they have um, these big rollers and compactors that go out and even these trailers that will drive behind all these machines and collect things automatically. And construction working and farming are two of the most dangerous and uh, laborious jobs in the world. So making those fields safer and um, it would just be such a great benefit to society. As these technologies are developing, is there anything that makes them uh, more carbon neutral or cleaner for the environment? Right. I think uh, you're talking about farming equipment, right? And I think of this big old hunking tractor that's just spewing off, you know, exhaust as it's chugging through. Uh, is that part of the innovation that's coming or is it more twofold? Like, get it to do self-driving and then figure out how to make it uh, cleaner. Yeah. So they kind of come up together, electric vehicles and self-driving vehicles, because it's a lot easier to drive a electric vehicle with a, by a computer than it is to drive a combustion vehicle. Cause you can just pretty much plug the, plug the wires just into the motors and they're all um, electric and magnetic based. So they just launch right off. But by using a computer to run a actual combustion vehicle, you need to work with motors and electric and all these mechanical parts. So yeah, the, the new focus on self-driving vehicles is making the electric vehicle space just blow up and then also vice versa, which is awesome to see. That makes a lot of sense. Excellent. Well, I uh, appreciate you joining us today. I appreciate your insights. Those are kind of the questions that I had slated for us. Um, what's the best way for our audience to be able to connect with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn and I believe Liam will uh, post that link um, somewhere in this podcast. And then also I've recently started doing some blog posts on a medium. I think he'll provide that as well. Excellent. That sounds great. Well, appreciate you joining us today, Hayden. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 